0: all right guys welcome back to the zone motion podcast here with buddy bianca lana and today we are going to talk we're going to do things a little bit differently so last last few times we talked about parts of the zone motion system and i believe we left off with dynamic drills Uh, but i i kind of want to bring things into more of a, a current events perspective and so you know right now we've got some rule changes in mlb uh one of these rule changes, the pitch clock has already been implemented in the minor leagues, but uh, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts, buddy, on, on some of these new rule changes. So we can start with the pitch clock idea, because, you know, from what we've talked about, it seems like it, this is going to give pitchers, right, less time to, to throw pitches. It's supposed to speed up the the pace of the game and ultimately make the game more exciting, right? That's what kind of everybody's moving towards right now. It's like, how do we make the game more exciting? Uh, but obviously that comes with some maybe unintended consequences for, for pitchers in this case, especially. So, uh, Buddy, I'll let you kind of take it away from here and just talk about your thoughts with the pitch clock.
1: Sure. Um, they're wanting to make the game more exciting, but also wanting to quick up the speed of the game, quicken it up. And so the pitch clock, um, if you're in the zone, we right, got to go right to the zone because anytime you have a deadline in life, um, you know, sometimes it's helpful to get a job done, get a project done, get a paper done, write a paper, whatever it may be, a deadline can, can kind of help motivate you. A deadline when you're throwing a pitch with a dynamic motion, when you're big and strong and throwing as hard as you can, that deadline can be um, very detrimental to not just the effectiveness of the pitch, but the health of the body. So, however, if you're in the zone, it would have no effect. The pitch clock would have no effect. Um, So I have several pitchers who have used the pitch clock this year in the minor leagues who say it's okay. However, um, it's caused a little more fatigue, right? And we know, and Glenn Fleisik has told Dr. Glenn Fleisik from the American Sports Medicine Institute, right? All his research has shown that more fatigue leads to more injuries. So, that's our concern with, with the pitch clock. Um, and if you're not, you know, what we call setting one in the right state, if the, if, the, if the brain is not in the right state, when you start your motion, the muscles will not fire synchronistically, right? So, there's, there's an imbalance there. It's going to pull on the ligaments and tendons, which we've seen for years. Or we've done research about that. So, um, I understand why they're implementing it. And um, it should, that, that aspect should speed up the game. Right, hopefully, you know, we don't see more injuries, but I'd be shocked if we did not see more pitching injuries. And really, it's the last thing we need right now in all of baseball, not just at the major league level, but at the youth level. Um, it's a real issue, more so than the major league level. And that comes from Glenn Fleissig again, Dr. Glenn Fleissig of the American Sports Medicine Institute. So, I'm not a big fan of the the pitch clock, but let's just see how it works. but uh, you know if you're in the zone, it won't be as much of a problem as it would be if you're not in the zone.
0: yeah, and I, I think just you know speeding up the the pace of the game if you're if you're confident in your ability to deliver pitches and you don't have you know one pitch affecting the next pitch, then it, it isn't an issue, right? I mean, you could just throw pitches all day long and, you know, you wouldn't have any problems. And I know we've talked about, you had, you know, one client where he, you know, went out and threw, I think it was 90 or hundred pitches. And he went out and said he wanted, you know, told the coach he wanted to, to pitch again the next day. Yeah. Uh, so that's the kind of confidence and, you know, reduced stress on soft tissues that you can get. When you have the brain in the right state, when you have the brain in the zone, I think it it becomes a real issue when you work with and and you see this with some of the people that you, especially starting out working with, where they they do let that that pitch affect the next one. You know, they they do carry uh, the the negative energy into you know things, and so it starts to snowball. And when you don't even have time to 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 catch up. Uh, it just it snowballs even more quickly you fatigue even faster because you're throwing more pitches because you have to because it's faster uh, and you just end up with a with poor performance and you know giving up maybe unnecessary hits and uh yeah it's 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 definitely it has the potential to uh to cause problems for for players that maybe don't have the uh, the mental side of their game you know fully figured out
1: and on the contrary they're gonna you know it's gonna increase hitting i know You know, Major League Baseball wants to increase hitting. It's part of the reason why they're going to do away with the shift. And if pitchers are um, throwing less effective pitches, that's going to increase hitting. So there may be a few motives there, uh, speeding up the game and increasing hitting. But when you talk about the shift, right, no more shift. We're going to have two guys on each side of second base. All four guys will be on the dirt on the infield. Um, So that should create more hitting. So the question is, will the two rules offset each other? Possibly, right? We're going to shorten the length of time by having a pitch clock. If we have more hits because of not having the shift, do they counteract each other? We won't know that until we do know that, right? That that's going to be uh, the proof will be in the pudding. But um, I, I, for one, <clears throat> you know, I, I I've had mixed feelings about the shift. You know, in the NFL, you can play wherever you want, right? If you want to double-team a guy, you double-team a guy. If you don't, you don't. Play a zone, you play a man-to-man. But in baseball, now they're saying you have to have four guys on the dirt. You know, it wasn't fun to watch a guy, you know, hit a line or just a rocket to right field that is an easy base hit, but there's the second baseman playing in shallow right field and it's right at him. So, you know, that's a little hard to take. But um, we'll see how it all all pans out.
0: Yeah, and and you know you mentioned that the goal is to get more hits, right? And so you're putting you're putting players in a position where they can't make plays that maybe they could make if they were in a better position. And uh, I mean, do you think you said that they they might cancel each other out? Um, but do you also think there's a potential then for for fielders to uh, to also experience maybe more, we call it front brain interference, right? Because of, because of the, the compromised maybe position that they're starting out at.
1: It's certainly possible when, you know, a guy hits the ball this way on a more regular basis, but you can't play him there. Um, that's certainly possible. Um, at the major level these fielders are so, you know, really, really special defense has gotten so good in at the professional level. Um, but I'm not so sure that will be a big factor, but it could play a small role. But, you know, also um, the, um, the shift will increase more hitting. We know that, okay. The pitch clock will speed up the pace of play, but if the pitches are not as effective, there'll be more hitting. So really, you know, the game it's possible. I, I don't. Not sure it'll happen, but it's possible. The games will even lengthen; very, very possible. But we'll we'll just see. Um, these hitters are so good nowadays. These pitchers are so good nowadays. Just, let's take some time to see how everything plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, we we talked about how you know the pitch clock. Again, it's it's all with good intention, right? The shift, the pitch clock. It's all with good intention. It's just there are now you know considerations to be had. Uh, for the mental side of things. And, and, and uh, I think, I I don't know how many teams are, are aware of that or prepared for that. Uh, It's a, it's a, it's a great question. I'd love to, you know, have an opportunity to talk to talk to one of them and kind of see like what, what their take is, you know, just seeing it and maybe what the, you know, what the pitchers themselves think of it. Um, We talked to, uh, I talked to to Justin Sua for our, our summit um, a little bit, but we didn't really get into, you know, what are players thinking about these rule changes? You know, how are they, how are they handling it? How are you, you know, working through it with them on the mental side of things? Um, and so, yeah, like you said, we'll just have to kind of see how things play out. There was one other rule uh, that actually has already been implemented, uh, but they're going to keep it. And that's the larger bases. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on that too, buddy.
1: Yeah. And I like the fact that they're going to have larger bases, especially at first base where um... You know first baseman on a throw that's down the line where he's got to go down the line to make the play he can get right in the way of the base runner and and uh you know if that arm gets caught you know it's separated shoulder or some some other type of arm injury so i think that's really a good thing a bigger base is i think going to add a little more um excitement on the bases right it should lead to more uh more stolen bases and i don't know if that's been the case this year or not colin if there have been more stolen bases that uh, I uh, have to look at that research but um so and and it could increase uh, double plays right if the bases are bigger that should increase double plays which will reduce sitting but anyway um we'll just see you know you've, you've got a it's, it's great that major league baseball is experimenting to um try and create more excitement to you know things are things are changing in our world as we know and uh, the good thing is major league baseball is changing with it they're experimenting so i support that and um but you know, obviously, we have our, our thoughts regarding that. Another area that I'd like to, um, and on LinkedIn, I recently, recently uh, talked about the analytics. Right, analytics are really a huge part of the game now, where there are a lot of very, very bright people have come into the game and 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 brought their intelligence and have figured some things out analytically regarding pitches and all all kinds of things, and um, and are sharing a lot of knowledge with these players and. I was speaking to one of my major league clients the other day and he was, you know, we're talking about, you know, what, what's really important. This is the downside of analytics. Although I totally support them, numbers don't lie. Um, so it's very beneficial. And, and I encourage uh, all these, you know, brainiacs to keep, keep providing that information. Uh, the difficult thing is the integration process with, with the player. Um, you know, we know that anytime front brain interference is there, uh, a, a player's not going to access their best motion, and there's going to be a muscle imbalance, and, and the, the motion is going to be less effective. So, with more information, not understanding how to process that information, that information, which is could be beneficial, could be detrimental, right? And it is. And and my pitching client said, yes, um, you know, you just got to pick and choose. Um, and a lot of players feel the the need to be coachable, right? Being coachable is good, um, but processing the information that you're receiving, right? When you're facing a 90 mile, 95 mile an hour fastball, or you're on the hill throwing a 95 mile an hour fastball, the integration process, and really storing that motion in the brain and accessing it, the interference of the front brain with all the, all the data, um, you know, it's not a good thing, I can tell you that. So kind of one area that we work in obviously is the integration of information Um, to the athlete and so that their full ability can be there and they're not overwhelmed by anything right outside information is really important in life and uh, we want to utilize it but if our brain is not in the right state it can have a detrimental effect to us and therefore our team
0: yeah and you talk you know talking about being coachable i think is it's an interesting idea right you know you you don't retain all of what a coach is telling you. Right. I mean, and that's true for anything, right. Is, is when, when someone's telling you something you're, you know, you're going to go on about your day and you're, you're probably going to forget a lot of it. You know, you read a book and you forget 90% of what you read in, in a month, unless you put it into practice and you start to learn it, not just up here, you know, intellectually, but you know, in your whole body. So if you embody what you're doing and you put it into practice and you implement it, then you learn it. Um, and I would say even you know, going so far as to say, if you can teach it to somebody else after that, then you get to learn it again. So that's, that's part of the reason I think why we're so keen on making the concepts like dynamic drills, like integration, like static state training, all the, all the phases of the zone motion system, trying to make them very concrete and easy to understand so that not only can you implement you know, what you learn, uh, but you can also teach it to somebody else. You could tell somebody else, you know, this, is how, this is how this works, this is how your brain processes information, uh, and this is what you need to do with it in order to, to be effective and, and bring mechanics, new mechanics into your swing or your pitch uh, without getting injured and staying in the zone, staying in the zone so you can have the best performance possible.
1: And we're, you know, we're dealing with the neural pathways, and you know what we do, as you know, with zone motion, is we're we're building the neural pathways in the brain that allows an athlete to to um, access their full ability, which is there. You know, years ago, I would I would um, share with major league teams, you know, how to decide whether they're going to keep a player or let him go or trade for a player, and I would tell them if you look at a player's best performance ever, ask yourself if this player could play consistently as well as he ever once did, would he be beneficial to your club? And if that answer is yes, you wanna keep him, right? Because he didn't just get lucky. When I played in the World Series, I didn't get lucky. I just by accident accessed these processes in my mind that allowed my full ability to rise to the surface. And so when you really understand those processes and you learn them, right? You can play up to your capability on a regular basis. And does that mean you're gonna hit 1,000? No. Does it mean you're gonna know how to hit 1,000? Yes. And that alone that alone sustains your confidence, right? You know, it's, you know, again, my confidence was, well, I gotta make sure I put on my Lucky Bruce Springsteen T-shirt and my right cleat before my left. And I hope that I can play as well tonight as I played last night. You don't wanna depend on hope. You wanna depend on science.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and And I think you know with all these with all these rule changes, I think that's that's even more the case, uh, specifically with the pitch clock. You know, you don't want these pitchers to start, you know having having this front brain interference and allowing that last pitch to affect the next one. I mean, that's you know learning, I would say, you know just learning how to how to do that, right? Just how to detach, right? We talk a lot about detachment. Uh, and our podcast on on static state training, we really covered it. But even just the process of detaching from the last pitch could have a, a profound effect on how you know how it goes and how you're able to adapt to that rule change. Um, exactly. So, you know, knowing how detachment can can benefit you seems like uh, seems like it could be you know really good for for anybody to learn.
1: You know, another concern that uh, for pitchers is that the you can only throw to um over the first base to hold a runner on twice if you throw over a third time you have to make sure you get them otherwise um it's i think it's considered a balk. the runner is awarded second base so there's some strategy there um you know the game is getting a little more complex right and um you know as is the world and so anytime the uh our outer the outer world gets more complex we don't want to go to to more complexity of thought. We want more simplicity of thought, so that we can just kind of flow. That that's that's the zone. So we can just kind of flow with it. You know, I talk about years ago. I lived in Florida and I was coaching down there with Tampa Bay. And there's a bridge between Tampa, and uh, I should say Bradenton, and St. Petersburg called the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. And there are a lot of swirling winds and storms, and there are a lot of pelicans and I used to notice the pelicans, they'd be flying along the bridge and the winds would shift, it'd be stormy and they weren't flapping their wings. They were just kind of moving this way, moving this way with ease, you know, there was no fight. There was complete detachment from the wind. We just move with it, right? And so it's important as humans to be able to move with the changes, not fight against, detach. And um, that's the zone. That that's the flow. That's that's the zone. We we know there's a difference between flow and, and zone, but uh, you know that that's part of flow. And then we integrate the proper mechanics and all the information that's being thrown at the players. All the analytics. it's all good. All good. Not not bashing analytics. I'm not an old timer bashing the new game. By no means. There's I'm grateful for all these smart people who've come into the game, um, <clears throat> but it is time to to take a next step. And and my client I, I spoke to the other day major league Pitcher, he said yeah there's definitely something missing in the integration of the the um, uh, the analytics with the mechanics and you know the state of mind so but um, anyway I'm, I'm glad major league baseball's taken steps to do all they can to improve the game and experiment you got to you got to try things and see how they work but you know having discernment in what you're trying is important and i think to a large degree they do um, and I think uh, we'll just wait and see how it all pans out.
0: Absolutely. Well, that seems like a good place to to end it for today. Uh, if you guys want to um, check out, you know, clips from the podcast, you can follow Buddy on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, re- regularly post articles on there about the stuff that we talk about as well. Um, and yeah, this is uh, you know I, I like I like keeping things like in in current events too. It's 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 kind of cool to just you know um, talk about these things and, and see how it how how it lands, how it relates. So um, yeah, so for for everybody watching, um, make sure you go and subscribe or follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, uh, rate us. We'd really really appreciate that. And yeah, until next time, this is Buddy and Colin signing off.